Hello, and welcome to the Natural Evolution Podcast, produced by Rebel Health Tribe. I'm Michael, and I'll be your host. Together, we will be hearing inspiring stories of healing and transformation, learning from some of the brightest minds in the world of functional medicine and holistic wellness, and exploring the world's best health-related products, services, tools, and resources. here with this episode with my friend Kathy Cook. Thank you for being here, Kathy. Always a pleasure to talk with you, Michael. Yeah, it's always fun. This will be fun. It'll be a good, I know you guys are going to learn a lot of stuff on this one. So um, before we jump into it, Kathy is a board certified holistic nutritionist with the National Association of Nutrition Professionals. She uses a functional medicine approach to help people identify imbalances in the body. She's also a certified building biology environmental consultant and certified electromagnetic radiation specialist with the Building Biology Institute. And we're going to find out what all of that means shortly and talk about that. So don't worry if that flew over your head just a little bit. It's going to be a fun a fun thing to dive into. Uh, Kathy assesses buildings for anything that may be causing health problems. So that could include indoor air quality, which I'm glad that's on this list because that's one that's often ignored. Mold, which I think is getting a lot more notoriety now, but indoor air quality is something that just skims right over everybody's head all the time. Uh, chemical off-gassing, ventilation, and EMF exposure. Combining holistic nutrition and building biology, she addresses both the body and environment to help her clients achieve optimal health. And she's also the founder of Idahoans. Did I pronounce that correctly? Got it. For safe technology and advocacy and awareness group for the safer use of modern day communications. She lives in Boise, Idaho, originally from Kansas City, and she's available for consulting uh, and will travel as needed for home assessments. Her website is below, which we'll talk more on later, but all the buttons are below to click and it's wholehomeandbodyhealth.com. There's a lot of people that do nutrition and there's a lot of people that do nutrition and like a functional medicine approach. I think that the other side of what you do is you know, more of the building biology and the environmental toxins and the electromagnetic stuff. I think that there's also people who do that. I have not seen a lot of people that do both of them together. And I think that um, it's difficult to heal in an unhealthy environment. A hundred percent. Yes. As many, many of us have the same story of, well, you know, I didn't choose that. It chose me. So it was my own experience with health that brought me to the environmental side. And when I realized that so many of my clients were suffering on the, you know, my nutrition clients were suffering. And when I put the pieces together, it was really the environment. It was just a no brainer. I mean, you have to know it all. And the thing about that I like about doing all of it, even though it's a way more work than one person should have to do is that when I walk into somebody's house and they're like, I think I have mold. I have this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. Then it's really helpful for me to put all the pieces together and say, you know, yes, I think it's mold and this is why, or no, because your house doesn't have these signs for mold and here's why or whatever. So knowing all of the, the pieces just, it, it has exponentially helped in dealing with these chronic illnesses, because like you said, you're not going to heal in a, a, you know, unhealthy environment. And the more, um, you know, we see these, these complex chronic conditions when you're talking about like Lyme disease and mold toxicity and, and these things that more and more people seemingly are dealing with, um, 
the people who might be trying to heal in an unhealthy environment, uh, those are like the folks that, you know, I did the diet, I did the supplements, um, something isn't right, I can't get better, I'm doing this protocol, I tried this thing, I've tried these 12 protocols, usually is more accurate, or these six practitioners, and then, you know, but they didn't look at air quality, they didn't look at mold in their house, they didn't look at EMF um, sensitivity or, or issues there. Uh, how often do you see that, like, with those complex chronic conditions, like, how often is that a factor? I don't know that it's never not a factor, you know, because if you have a chronic health condition that eludes a dozen practitioners, like so many of us have been through, um, you are very imbalanced. Your chronic health condition is, um, you know, you've had it for a long time and your bucket has been full for a long time and you can't deal with the EMF exposure or the, you know, even a little bit of mold or even a little bit of chemicals. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I see anyone make a really complete full recovery unless they address those pieces for those people that are really chronically sick. I think it's, it's imperative. Cause then they're also more sensitive to these like unseen uh, exactly. things, right? Like it's, it's not one or the other. Like if you're you know, if you've got food sensitivities and you know, you're like really sensitive to like perfumes or colognes or scents or smells or like loud noises or certain energy around certain people, like all of these things, like that sensitivity level of your body is pretty universal, right? So like, these are your red flag, like, Hey, let's look at your environment because I may be able to go in their environment and be okay. But they living in that environment, you know, they're just as sensitive to those things, which I think some of this is tricky because when you're talking about indoor air quality or mold or EMFs, you don't smell any of those things usually, if not sometimes, but like I've I've run into situations where people had no idea and then they tear down a wall in the bathroom and there's like a wall of black mold. So it's not like you walk in a house and it's like, this house right. for sure has this. And then a lot of the, the off-gassing and environmental toxins and things like either it doesn't smell or like you get so accustomed yep. to the smell, like mm-hmm. new furniture smell, new car smell, new tile smell, new this smell, new that smell. Like, plus we, we think like, oh, those are good. They make air fresheners that are new car smell. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Made of one poison to smell like another yep. one. Mm-hmm. Probably it's probably a different, it's a fake poison that smells like the first poison. Oh, yeah, it smells uh, like to, to make so i guess what i'm saying is like these things fly under the radar because it's not like you walk in a house and the walls blink red yeah. or you can see something or something like that but it's these people that are hypersensitive that are going to be more sensitive to these to these things so i guess the first one i want to jump into which i think is i don't know if that was your first uh passion in this area was the emfs um there's a lot out there now around electromagnetic fields and EMF and EMF sensitivity. Uh, How legit is this? And what's the, what's the science say? Like, how does, I guess we'll first define what we're talking about. And then how do these frequencies or fields uh, impact physiology? Okay. Good question. I'm glad you're legit. I'm going to hold you to the fire. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad you did because that this is really important to understand because when we do our little 
you know, Google search, uh, we get page after page after page saying that all of this stuff is completely safe, right? So let's break it down. So the EMFs, which stands for electromagnetic fields, we are talking about really four different fields. There are some peripheral fields here like blue light um, and static electricity, but mainly what we're talking about is radio frequency, which is all of our wireless communication stuff. So you think radio, radio waves, anything that travels through the air. So these are the big ones like the cell phones, the cell towers, our fitness trackers, our smart everything, uh, TVs, wireless earbuds, all these things. So those are the EMS that most people know about. But we also have the wiring in our walls, which can create electric fields because we've got electrons flowing through the wires in our walls and those electrons don't stay on that wire. They come out about six to eight feet into the wall. It could also have a magnetic field from wiring errors or appliances, motors turning, power lines. Uh, and then we've got what we call dirty electricity, which is um, an altered sine wave on our regular 60 Hertz, or if you're in Europe, 50 Hertz um, uh, electrical, electrical component. So these all have different biological effects and we are all bathing in them all the time. However, you can, you know, initiate really simple steps to dramatically reduce your exposure to all of these. So that's important because most people say it doesn't matter. They're everywhere. That's partially true, but you can minimize your exposure in your home up to, you know, 95% easy. So those are the fields that we're talking about now, how they impact us on a cellular level. Um, a lot of the research on this specific thing comes from Dr. Martin Paul, who's a professor emeritus at Washington State University. Plenty of other researchers here, Dr. Magda Havas, Dr. Martin Blank, Dr. Reba Goodman, uh, Joe Moskovitz, a lot of excellent researchers in this field. Now, what Dr. Martin Paul has really been the pioneer in is looking at the intracellular calcium and the voltage-gated calcium channels. So what he has found is that all EMFs, no matter which field we're talking about, they activate the voltage-gated calcium channels in the cell membrane and increase intracellular calcium ions. So if we're thinking about a specific cell in our body, we should have calcium on the outside, but not very much on the inside. And these voltage gates will let in a little bit as needed and let out other stuff. But when we have a high EMF load, these voltage gates open artificially and a flood of calcium ions can come in to the cell. Now, increased intracellular calcium can stimulate nitric oxide synthesis. And this leads to proxy nitrite, which causes free radicals and ultimately oxidative stress. So when you have oxidative stress, what kind of symptoms do you have? You name it, you know, it could be, everybody's different, but, the main symptoms I will say that I see, insomnia, tinnitus, irritability, anxiety, headaches, heart palpitations, muscle weakness, those are the big ones, which could be caused from numerous different things. But that, I mean, I work with enough people over the years, you know, to know that this is legit, this is real, I've experienced it. Um, 
A lot of the researchers say that up to 3% of the population is extremely, extremely sensitive, what we would call electrically hypersensitive. These are the people that can't go outside if there's a cell tower within a mile or two. Um, they can't be in a room with Wi-Fi. They will get intense pain and brain fog and dizziness. And uh, it's very miserable. Life is very miserable for them. And then they estimate that up to about 30 to 40% of the population experiences more mild symptoms. And a lot of them don't know, you know, that their anxiety is caused by their cell phone or their tinnitus or their insomnia or whatever. And then maybe half the population is still being affected, but they don't have symptoms. And some people are so resilient that they can just kind of overcome it. And other people over the long term can develop more serious issues like cancers, lymphomas, uh, even Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's, these kinds of more serious issues. And most people don't know that there's like warnings on uh, cell phones to not hold them by your head. Right. Yeah. And that's from the companies. They wouldn't put that on there unless that was really, really, really drastic. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, anyways, um, so the, the mechanism by which this calcium uh, ion gate channel uh, gets open, do they think it's because the, the frequency and the, and the like the electromagnetic frequency kind of mimics the body's own way of opening it? You know anything about that? I just got curious when I heard oh, that. Like, why does it respond to yeah. this? And to me, it would be like, oh, it probably thinks it's supposed to open because it's receiving a signal. I don't know. That's a good question. You know, I haven't dug too deep into that. And I, I think I always assumed it was, um, it was losing its ability to stay closed. Like the electric, the, the, the foreign or the human made electromagnetic field because, you know, we have, we, our body communicates via EMF. Mm, yeah. um, so this human made foreign field is disrupting its normal ability to function yeah, is what I have had. Like adding static into a communication mix. Like exactly. It's, it's something it's that doesn't yeah. belong there. Interference. Yeah. Cause we do, people don't realize this. We do communicate, like our body communicates like on quantum levels and like electric, like things happen in the body faster than biochemically they can. Like, it's mm -hmm. not like this sends a biochemical to this place that causes this thing. Everyone knows there are reactions in your body that happen much faster than that. Like if you touch something that's super hot, there's things that happen really quickly that aren't like, oh, my hand is really hot. Let me, yeah. So it's, it's screwing with our natural ability, like our body's communication channels that I think we don't even really fully yet understand both the communication channels themselves and what's happening. We're all just kind of in this really cool experiment together. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned some people have strong symptoms and those people, a lot of them may, or even the people with the strong reaction and symptoms, a lot of them probably don't even put two and two together yet because this isn't something that gets brought to their attention or that they have as a realm, like in their world, this is not a thing that they know about. So they don't think, oh, this could be connected to this. Plus now it's, if you live in like a city, it's pretty hard to tell. Like, there's rarely a time when you wouldn't be exposed to pretty high levels of it, unless you're proactively. Um, unless you are doing yes, something. You're proactively measuring and mitigating. You're right. You're, if, you, if you're the standard person who uses Wi-Fi and a cell phone, 
you're exposed. And like lives in a condo building with 120 right. other people who all have Wi-Fi and all yeah. have the things. You're just like, mm-hmm. um, you're just in it. Yeah. But, but I don't want to get, I don't want people to get overwhelmed by that. Yeah. Because if you do have a meter and you can measure, there are simple things you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And we, but, we measured it at my house with you with the meter and you mentioned the walls and the wiring and like one of the strongest places in my room was or my house was one of the walls of my bedroom and i was like there's not even a plug on this wall and it was it was coming from the electrical wiring but i also learned from you that there's different types here because mm-hmm. uh, like my fridge was kicking out one kind because it was like from the 50s and it was this yep. big magnetic field doing out magnetic field but then uh you know the phone has a different frequency yep. it's kind of the radio frequency mm-hmm. and then i think the third one was it the the garage i had like a smart garage door um panel maybe right oh oh the radio you so radio frequency and maybe. and some of them will have all of it yeah, like yeah. your computer if it's on wi-fi will have a magnetic field it will have dirty electricity when it's plugged in because you're what is dirty electricity the so dirty electricity is an altered sine wave so if you think about just 60 hertz, which goes up and down 60 cycles a second, um, it's nice and smooth. But when we go and plug something into the wall, into the hot wire, um, in this case, our computer, which works on direct current, but our wires, our electricity in our home works on alternating current. So there has to be a, actually a conversion from the alternating current. And that goes to the brick. So you're, you're, um, laptop for example has a cord that's got a big brick on it that brick converts the alternating current to direct current and then your computer gets plugged in so that all that conversion will alter the sine wave it's not nice and smooth anymore it's real jagged and it comes out i mean it doesn't stay in the little brick it doesn't stay on the wire it comes into our living space um so keep the brick as far away from you as possible yeah yes i learned about that and that brick because i had to buy a new uh plug for everything moving to europe with the two weird little plugs and i was concerned because i got a new laptop to serve as my computer there and i was like well how am i gonna and so you can take the plug exchange Mm -hmm. the plug but it goes into the same brick and the guy at the store was like this brick can handle that plug or this plug because the electricity is different. And he goes, and then it mm-hmm. turns it into whatever your computer needs. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's enough depth for me. Okay. <laughs> Weird yeah. two prong plug. It is. Give me one of those. Well, you know, one cool trick you can do to test that is get like a, a tiny little AM radio, little handheld AM radio, uh, turn it on to the lowest channel, which is usually like 520 AM and, and see if you'll get static and then put it towards something and you'll hear the static go like berserk. And wow. then, you know, that's a point of a high, high, dirty. Electricity. Interesting. So we've now scared everybody and make them think they're bathing in this soup that's killing them, which we kind of are. And you also pointed out twice and stopped me when I was going into the doom that it is possible to measure this, mitigate this, reduce effects. Um, even in like, say you don't live in a cabin a hundred miles from everyone out in nature, off grid, um, which maybe somebody listening does, but most maybe, people probably don't. Not always you, better. If you're living in the city or in the suburban area or places where there's 
5G towers going up or there's cell towers all over or you live in 99% of America, mm-hmm. um, you are exposed to all this. And I guess I don't even know where to start. So like we can't escape them, but how much of it can actually be mitigated or reduced? Like yeah. what kind of impact can be had? Okay. So I'm glad you asked this too, because if, if anybody listening is serious about this, um, which I hope people are, because trust me, some of your health problems are influenced by this. The number one thing I want everybody to do. And I say this every single time I'm interviewing or, um, teaching a class or whatever, just hardwire your internet. That's that right there is going to reduce your exposure by probably 90%, just doing that one thing. It's not difficult. All you got to do is put an ethernet cord in the back of your router and then put that ethernet cord to your computer. I mean, there's a few other steps to, you know, you got to turn the Wi-Fi off actually on the router and on your computer and you might need an adapter or whatever, but that's literally all you got to do. And um, that is every, every single house I walk into by far, that is the largest exposure, no matter what. So uh, just, just do that. People don't want to do it because they think it's inconvenient, but I mean, how I've been doing it for years and I survived. Yeah, yeah, we've been. I turn it back on if people are there that need to use it or like whatever, it's there, but like I never had it on. Right. And how inconvenient. I mean, would would you rather live with a wire or hospital bills or tinnitus or insomnia or, you know, all the things, anxiety, depression? So um, I'm going to, it's on my list to shoot a video on how to really take people through this step by step so I can make it easier for people. There's plenty of articles online. You can find YouTube videos already. Just, just do that. And I promise you, your, your exposure is dramatically going to be decreased just by doing that. Cool. Uh, yeah. And I got that cool uh, cloth from you too, for when we did have to have it on. Mm-hmm. Um, the cloth reduces it. So there's, there's a lot of different regarding the Wi-Fi. Like what about some other stuff? I will definitely say it, don't get smart appliances. And a lot of the, a lot of things like washers and dryers, TVs, like it's more difficult these days to get dumbed down versions. But what you do is you go to wherever your store, Best Buy or whatever, when you're looking and you ask for the most tricked out versions, right? And they're going to show you all the ones that have all these fancy features. And then you say, okay, I don't want that one, <laughs> right? So you know which one's not to get. And then eventually they'll come to one where, you know, well, it's cheaper and they'll say, but you can't control it with your phone or, you know, that's the one you know that you want. Um, And when it comes to these other fields, if it has a magnetic field or an electric field, distance is key here. So don't hang out, you know, on your washing machine when clothes are drying. Don't sit there and have a conversation right in front of your refrigerator for an hour. You know, all these fields drop, most of these fields drop off within a couple feet, not always, but generally speaking. And uh, you don't sleep, you know, with the um, refrigerator on the other side of your wall, right? So you're just conscious about that. And that happens. I see that a lot. I, you know, just the other day, I, I measured a little girl's bedroom, really high magnetic field right at her pillow because the other side of the, her wall was the kitchen and that was the refrigerator. Okay, well, what do we do? Well, we move the bed to the other side of the wall. Okay. Right. So not that big of a deal. 
Um, so it's just these little things that we just have to be aware of and make better choices. So when you're doing that work, when you're in somebody's house, it's kind of just like an audit. Yeah. Like measuring yeah. to get the feel of where things are coming from. Probably a pretty uniform checklist to some degree within houses like this, 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 and then making customized really simple. I mean, this is combating high tech with low tech uh, exactly. type of solutions. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It's remove right. your exposure, remove the amount of things that, you know, don't have you know, I, I've still, cause it's been so long for me that I've known a lot of this and I don't do certain things like sleep with this, like under my pillow or in my bed oh. or on the nightstand. And I know that most people still do. And it's like, it like gives me anxiety to think about it. And, um, me too. like really simple little solutions. So, um, I would recommend, uh, doing a consult with Kathy or someone that does this kind of work. Cause it, they think of and find things that you wouldn't. And um, the solutions are usually pretty simple. Like it's not. Um, usually there are circumstances where, you know, you've got a big wiring error, for example, and we're going to have to call mm -hmm. in an electrician and it may take a day or two to figure that out and fix it. Um, I don't see a lot of that here in Boise. Uh, my colleagues in other states see it more for various reasons, but it can get really really technical in certain circumstances. But again, if you take, if you do some of these easier things first, like you said, don't sleep with your cell phone mm -hmm. under your pillow. Don't even sleep with it in your room or at least put it on airplane mode with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth turned off. Then you can still use your apps and your, your alarm and all these things. How much does a phone spit out in that instance? If it's on airplane mode, no Bluetooth, like the communications things no are turned no off. Wi -Fi, like... No airplane mode, no Bluetooth, no Wi-Fi. It should be zero. Should it be should zero. zero. Like you now, should run a meter next to it and it shouldn't even blip. Nope. Shouldn't even blip. Um, now I will say that a few of my colleagues have been measuring, is it the iPhone 13? I think there's, there's, uh, I've had a few comments lately where people say, I think my latest iPhone is still emitting. I, we haven't gotten to the bottom of that yet. I don't know if it's really happening because you got to control all these background variables too. Yeah. But I have, it wouldn't be surprising to me that if in the future, at some point, they remove the ability to disconnect all of those. I'd like to briefly interrupt this conversation to let everyone know that we've got a free downloadable Foundations of Wellness Starter Kit that's available for you right now over at www.rebelhealthtribe.com backslash foundations. If you'd like a little help organizing and implementing all your learning from this podcast, a gift from our team over at Rebel Health Tribe, producers of this show. And now back to your episode. There's the EMF world in a nutshell that we're doing injustice by only having this conversation about it, but there's Another topic I wanted to get to before we were done is um, mold. And mold has gone from, if you just said mold to me 10 years ago, I would have thought of cheese and of like things that have gone bad. Moldy food, yeah. Moldy food. Now I immediately think of chronic disease. Yes. And um, I don't know if mold has just like a fungus has accomplished some sort of world domination over the last five years that it didn't current previously have. And the mold has gotten more angry and aggressive and more 
uh, proliferated a lot more or are we getting sick more from mold like we're we're more susceptible to it or is there some other like what the hell's going on and why does everybody have mold toxicity and um let's start there like why is it or do we is it like a diagnosis thing like people are saying like oh one in eight kids were always autistic we just didn't test them all is yeah it, like, everybody well, was the, sick and we didn't test them or yeah well what's going on there every there's a little bit of truth to all of the things that you just said Okay. And it's a combination of all of these things. So, so mold is more angry. Well, you know, um, there is some research that shows that EMF exposure will aggravate mold symptoms. So it, it's basically the mycotoxins, right? Um, the mold releases mycotoxins. And if you've got a sensitivity or you've got mold, you're going to feel worse. In a more high mycotoxins, more sick. Yeah. You got more mycotoxins. So uh, there's that. And what, you know, have we had more EMF exposure over the last 10 years, <laughs> uh, a quintillion times more? Yes. Yeah. So, um, that's one thing. Another thing is, I think, I mean, how else has our life changed in the last 10 years? You know, our food supply, uh, GMOs, stress. Consistently worse, stress consistently. Yeah. More. I mean, circadian consistently more right circadian rhythm like huge i mean i i saw an ad for an an item i think it was just yesterday and actually i thought it was really cool it was a sous vide it was a sous vide system like a, you buy this little box that you put on your counter and you put your food in and it keeps it refrigerated all day until you know you're on your way home from work at five o'clock you hit a button and then it cooks it and then you come home and your food is cooked and i was like wow that's really cool like, obviously I wouldn't use it because it's full of EMS and Bluetooth and whatever, but my thought, Wait, it's a refrigerator box. It's it, it's a, it refrigerates and cooks. Okay. It does everything. So you and leave it, in the morning, you put the thing in there, it keeps it cold mm -hmm. and then it cooks it when you tell it to cook it mm -hmm. and then you get home and there's your dinner. Yep. Wow. I mean, okay. pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. But, I know. Uh, I don't want one. <laughs> but, well, I don't want one either. But my thought was, what kind of world are we living in that we don't even have time to come home and cook our dinner? Or or that there's not someone at home that can cook for us? What kind of world do we live in that we have to have this kind of thing? Right? So we are so overworked. We have way too many responsibilities. We're in traffic all day. I mean, we don't. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but we don't de-stress. We never we've all uh, adjusted to a indefinite, ongoing, nonstop global exactly. pandemic situation, which regardless of how anybody listening feels about that, it's a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a thing that's stressful for different people for different mm -hmm. reasons. But yeah. it's yeah. like two, three X our stress level for two years now to the point where like right. we laugh right. about it, but yeah. it's like... Yeah. So it's, so it's a huge, our lifestyle is contributing toxicity. to toxicity. And then also I do agree that there's a lot more awareness, significantly more awareness about mold. We have better testing abilities, both in the home and in the body. Um, so more people are getting diagnosed that otherwise would not have. There's also an important point here in that our houses are aging. And the more our houses are aging, the more they're failing and the more, the more homes that will have mold. 
and our, the more buildings have mold. So it's this like, it's not even a trifecta. What would you call that? Like a quadfecta or whatever. It's a like, lot of fecta that's making yeah. a lot of people are very sick. <laughs> right. It's the perfect storm of all of these things coming together. And it's estimated that up to 60% of buildings, at least in the U.S., have mold because we have six really zero 60 six zero. Oh, good. I mean, your your percentage on that will vary, you know, where yeah, you by are, region, like, yeah, Seattle, region. Seattle, well, looking at you. yes, yes. And no, I mean, people people tell me that all the time. They're like, well, I moved to Arizona or Idaho or wherever because I have mold sickness and it's a dry climate. I, I test homes every single week for mold in Idaho and we're in the desert. It's not about the climate. It is about the climate, but more often it's about building failure, shitty building, pardon my French, shitty building practices. Right. And, um, not main, not effectively managing moisture and the slope Which can be created by temperature changes. Not only like yep. you don't need a pipe to burst, Right. You, you don't need, you know, leaking roofs. Now those things are not going to go well for you. If you do mm-hmm. have those things, those need to be addressed. But like mm-hmm. I've learned um, by living, I living in the desert, actually, the desert has extreme temperature variance. Right. So like it'll go from 30 degrees in the morning to 80 degrees in the afternoon um, and then cool again at night. And then in the morning, there will be wet on things outside. And there's wet on things outside, there's wet on things all over. And so I was curious, I was expecting a curveball here. Like I told you before, before we went on air, I'm moving to Italy in a couple of weeks and we're going to be living in a building that's like several hundred years old and made of brick and stone. Construction now, modern construction in this country, I guess that wildly different qualities of construction going on right now, but just because something is a new construction doesn't necessarily mean that you're in some sort of safe zone with um, nope. mold prevalence in the house, right? Like, cause Correct. I've seen these, brand like, new subdivisions like cookie, like let's go build 200 houses right there and then sell them all immediately at low prices with low cost, but high profit margins and whatever on like crappy building materials. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. I think yeah, and those are probably pretty bad. Yeah. Well, they get thrown up really quickly. And the builder could care less if the wood is wet when they wrap it in a plastic sheet of Tyvek, right? Oh. And then you trap moisture. They don't care. I mean, that's that's not their concern. Time is money and they need the building to go up and they need it to be finished today. So um, they they all of our buildings now are wrapped in plastic for um, energy efficiency and moisture gets trapped. And just like you're saying, where hot air meets cool air, no matter which direction, summer, winter, whatever, um, then we get condensation, we get mold in the, the wall cavities, uh, in the crawl space, in the windows, whatever. And yes, a, a new home does not mean it's mold-free. And, and an old construction doesn't necessarily mean it's a trap either, right? right? Like That's right. Um, so I will say that our older buildings typically were built better, generally speaking, not always. Uh, because we we really had pride in craftsmanship and in building materials, which we do not now. In anything, um, yeah, right. Uh, but that, but having said that, a lot of older buildings do have problems. So it's there's so many variables. 
Okay. So it's not new building, good, bad, old building, bad. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and then I guess a couple just quick with mold, you gave us a few like simple starter things that people can do with EMF mitig mitigation. Um, if somebody suspects that their home has mold or that they have mold toxicity, uh, it's unique. Usually I'm talking to someone who can answer one of those questions, but not the other one. Yeah. Uh, where, where does somebody start? Like, yeah. So, you, um, what's the first step, like it's a, getting mold, out of the mold? Mold is a big, serious thing. Yeah. So uh, first we've dealt all, with it. All of my wife's autoimmune flares right. have had mold tied into them that we found after the fact. So this yeah. is legit autoimmune people, yep. random flares. I would yep. look totally at mold. Agreed. Totally agreed. So the first thing I would say is, um, and this may not <clears throat> apply to everyone, but think about a time that you left your house for a certain amount of time. Have you had, you know, did you go camping for a week? Did you have a vacation for a couple of weeks? Think about those times and think about if you felt any different. And often, very often people will say, oh yeah, I, you know, last summer I went camping so-and-so and I didn't have any symptoms and I didn't even think about it. And then when I came home, all my symptoms flared up again. So that's a big sign. It's a big sign right there. Um, if and those you people don't, usually crack jokes too. Like I must be allergic to my job or yeah. my life or my partner or whatever. And um, I think a lot of people might have bells go off when you just explain that story. Mm -hmm. Cause that's a really common thing. I'd, I'd say like a third of the clients I ever worked with would tell me when yeah. I go somewhere else, I feel awesome. And when I'm at home, I feel terrible. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I think let's look in your house. And they're like, really? It's like, oh, right. That's you, it, you don't even think about it. Well, the other thing people tell me, well, no, it's they'll, they'll push back. They'll say, no, it's because I didn't have any stress. I was on vacation. And I'm like, okay, well, we got to dig a little bit deeper here in nine times out of 10, you know, we can usually find some issues, not to mention when you leave your house and you're camping or whatever, you're not in an EMF, not always in an EMF environment either. So they, that kind of goes together. Um, so, so if you haven't had that experience and you're chronically sick and you don't know why, see if you can leave your house for a couple of weeks, you know, see if you can rent a cat. Now, I mean, sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't renting a cabin somewhere because you could have mold, but if you can go and sleep in a tent for a week in a beautiful spot, um, do that and see how you feel and see if you feel any different. Um, if you can't do that, there are, there, there's a, a urine, urine test and other, there's blood tests and urine tests you can take to see if you're dealing with mold in your own body, which I highly recommend. Um, and, or you can test your home or your work environment. Oftentimes it's a work environment and that gets a little trickier because sometimes your employer may, may be open to you testing. Sometimes they're not, uh, you know, there's different ways to get around that. But having a qualified professional help you to test your home is what I would recommend. All indoor air quality professionals are not the same. All testing is not the same. Air sampling is different from dust sampling. It's just different from tape lifts or swabs. So there's good tests and tests that may not tell you a lot. Ultimately, you know, getting a qualified professional in your area that you really trust and has really good um, reviews uh, and customer service is what you need to pinpoint it in your home. Or 
I can't tell you how many times people call me and they're like, we need your help. You need to come check out my house. This happened, this happened, this happened. We had a water leak. We had, you know, I can see mold in this place. Uh, we had a flood in the crawl space. And, and I immediately say, you don't need me. You've got mold. You need to call a remediator. End of story. You know, like, I'm just going to come over and tell you, I can see the mold too. We got to get rid of it. So if you've had water events, you see mold, you got to call a remediator and have them come and physically remove that building material and get it out of your house and then clean your house from top to bottom and get your ducks cleaned and maybe remove your carpet and clean all your stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think there, some of the denial could be related to the massive undertaking that it can be to remediate your home too uh, yeah i was just gonna say the word and like this shit you have to go through like right depending on who you listen to like you need to burn everything you've ever owned or uh more porous things like cloth and fabrics and things like that but i know that when we the two times that we discovered mold uh where we were and mira was like mid flare too really sick and lots of pain we're in a panic whatever it's like, what do you mean I have to like move or do this or get rid of all these things or whatever? And it like, I don't want it to be that. Let's just yes. make it not yeah. be that. Yeah. And um, there's a comfort there in like making it not be that, I think. Because yeah. we, we stayed with her folks and then she got sick right away and we found in the wall of the shower, inside the wall, there was black mold and we left, but they ended up remediating their bathroom and it was expensive. It was really expensive, really time consuming. They have a gorgeous shower and bathroom now. Mm. So the indirect benefit, but not everybody even has the means to be able to do that. That's like right. a luxury to be able to be like, cool, let's drop thousands of dollars to remediate this bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't, it was a one and a half bath home. And this was their one. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. And so you can imagine how that went with a remediation yeah. and a construction. So like, this is not a small undertaking. Like it's, you know, it can be big. And, but for some people, like, would you say it's impossible for some people to get well if they're in a moldy environment? hundred percent. I I don't, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it is very overwhelming. And I have talked to many people that say, I can't, I have nowhere to go. I can't, I can't do it. I have nowhere to go. Right. And my heart really goes out to them. Um, I think, I truly believe there is always a way we just got to get a little bit more creative and some, you know, sometimes it takes working with somebody to help you figure out the ways that you can get out of that space. And, and there's, there, there are usually always ways you can do it. It might be a little bit uncomfortable and inconvenient, um, but it's worth it to get your health back because otherwise you're going to stay in this cycle, this ongoing cycle. I, I don't, I don't see people generally get well. If mold is the thing, they don't really get well until they are removed from the environment or they've mitigated the environment. Yeah. I I wish the answer to that was different. So Um, do I. So I, so do I. Yeah. I mean, it's really unfortunate and and it is so overwhelming and it's a huge undertaking, but I will say that the, the quality of life that people have after they go through it almost always is enhanced from the quality of life they had before. For sure. You know, it's learning, it's grieving, it's emotional processing, it's, it's living, you know, you, you grow in so many ways going through difficult situations like this. 
Yeah, we definitely did. And we definitely wouldn't have liked hearing that from someone while we were doing it. Of course. Totally. <laughs> totally. totally. Yeah, like yeah, now, now me it's could tough. talk to then me, then me would, would have a problem with now right. me saying, well, you're going to get through this and this is going to lead to this and this. I'd be like, I just wanted to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I hear you if you're in it. I mean, we talked about EMF, we talked about what it is and where might be some hidden aspects of it and some beginner things. We talked about mold. I'm not going to get into physiology of mold toxicity. That could be like six other podcasts. It's pretty <laughs> complex what happens with mold in the body. Um, but some things to look for where it might be like uh, new construction, old construction factors in making it worse. And then the remediation situation and, and all of that, like, I think we covered a lot of bases here and I really, you know, there's so many people trying to do this on their own and figure all this stuff out on their own that the end of spending more time and energy and effort and money and time feeling sick and being confused um, over time when you're navigating it alone than when you can work with somebody who's really well-versed in these things. And so I'm always recommending to people to work with somebody who can help you in whatever area we're talking about, because there might be an upfront cost and it shortens that curve of time and money and energy and effort. There's so many things that I failed at like 12 times uh, that if I would have just been yeah. bit the bullet and been like, okay, I need help. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I guess if somebody's interested in learning more, you do coaching, you also travel and do home inspections, both EMF, mold, all of that. And you have a side job that's pretty cool that brings you around to different places and randomly puts you uh, in different locations that you're available to do this kind of work. So what um, we'll have links below to website and anything that you gave us will be below in the show notes. But right now, if they want to learn more or go explore, where are they going to go and what are they going to find there? Yeah, sure. So uh, a couple different places. You can start at my website, which is wholehomeandbodyhealth.com. And I've got tons of information on there about everything that we just talked about and more. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, which is very amateurish, but uh, it's all about just, you know, putting the content out there, just the information of a lot of it's me testing specific things to give people an idea of, you know, this may, you know, Oh, cool. That should control. be like a show. You should talk to Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I would also say that you could go to the building biology Institute website as well and find loads of information there. Uh, and there's even a find an expert page on there. If you need to find someone local to you, you can also reach out to me and I can help you find someone local to you or, or let you know when I might be coming to your area. Because, uh, you know, we, we are a tight-knit community of building biologists and I know most people and where they are in the world. So I can always help, you know, help people find an expert and a qualified expert. Um, so that's, yeah, th th that's, that's where to start. Cool. And, and a lot of the EMF stuff can, I mean, you walked me through using a tri-field meter at my house and we figured out a whole bunch of stuff. So okay. it's definitely possible to do that too, uh, to get a meter and get a walk through and, and distance yeah. coaching and stuff yeah. like that. So it's time put in and it's learning. It's not like I'm going to be an expert in this tomorrow. And so it's been, it, it's diving into these things full head on. Like this is a, this is a surface level discussion. There's a lot 
mm. in these areas. And I just want to acknowledge that. And that I think that people working around EMF and mold and toxicity, and that's really, um, that's really a thing that's missed a ton in functional medicine and integrative health. So if you're one of those people that's done the 16 protocols and worked with all the practitioners and tried the supplements and the diet, I think this, these places are where to look. And so I'm glad there are people that are bridging it all into one place. It makes it easier because you, you could hire like four different people to do what Kathy does. So, um, I often say I have four different jobs, completely different careers that are mildly linked. So, uh, they, they overlap. Some of them overlap more than the others, but, um, I'm just, I want to give credit to that and say, it's been fun to watch and I always enjoy connecting. So head below, click the links, go there, get your download. If you're interested in coaching, reach out. If you're interested in a building inspection, reach out. It's definitely worth it. It can be the game changer for chronic disease and, and conditions and like get you your life back. So Thank you, Kathy, for the conversation. Thanks for all you're doing. I appreciate the reschedule. We bumped it. We had to move this one a couple of times because my life is chaos. So I always appreciate it. And uh, we'll connect soon. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. As always, a pleasure. And I always enjoy talking to you. And that wraps up another episode of the Natural Evolution Podcast. Thanks for listening, and please check out the links in the show notes below to learn more about our guest and grab your free downloadable Foundations of Wellness Starter Kit, which will help you implement what you're learning here and make powerful shifts in your health and your life right away. Just go to www.rebelhealthtribe.com backslash foundations, and you can be started in only a few minutes. If you enjoy the show, please drop a rating, review, or subscribe to stay in the loop with future releases.